0: Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Now. It is picked off
1: by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30.
0: Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Now. Rolls to the right. Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there. Enzo, caught. Touchdown to Cornwallis. Market Jones! Bath Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Troy Bryant! Cornbread! Bath Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. D Troy Kool Aid, what's going on, everybody? Friday. We are back right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and I got Grifka on the other end of the line. Grifka, last show, we talked free agency. We had a bunch of awesome stuff to talk about. Another jam-packed show here. Uh, how you doing, buddy?
1: Uh, doing good. Doing good, man. It's been an exciting week.
0: It definitely has, man. Our Lions continue to, to sign guys, and we're, we're, we're that much closer to the draft, probably about a month month and a half or so uh be the end of april and be talking drafts so what's on your mind you got any news and notes griffka or what are we thinking uh share with the people today
1: yeah like i said it's been an exciting week we always we you know we always talk like hey lions get these guys bring them in get them signed we got Trey flowers and then uh earlier this week i was uh can't stumbled across this article that uh they did this survey of like nfl agents of like players agents and it came down that uh, it was out that Detroit was the fourth least desirable place to land. And they gave different reasons why. I mean, they I think I believe they were behind Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Oakland. And you know, they kind of you know, like one of the quotes was Cincinnati. Nobody goes to Cincinnati because it's just not well run. And uh, one of the things about Detroit was, it, 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 the the quote they used wasn't even like bashing the. the the place as a whole, like the city, but they're like, other than, well, there's not too much nightlife there. Well, yeah, Detroiters know we're not Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or, you know, New York, but then somebody like one of the quotes was like, they have this coach there that thinks he's, you know, Bill Belichick and he hasn't won, you know, bleep, you know, it's just <laughs> like, guys don't want to go there and play for this guy. And to me, that's just like, he's been around one year. And, like, all of a sudden, like, nobody wants to play for this guy? You know, did, did you happen to see that article? And If so, what were your thoughts on it?
0: Grifka, I saw the article. and You know what I thought right when I saw the article? No, I don't. <laughs> I thought, Grifka's going to bring this up on the podcast. One, because he's going to be annoyed at saying, like, that everybody's always attacking the Lions. And two, He's going to pull an article like this when all this great stuff is going on about some nitwit out there kind of talking bad about our team. So you came through for me. You brought it up. First thing on the show, which was pretty much where I know you'd have it slotted. Grifka, this is noise, man. This is people talking that have no idea. Of course, they're going to put Detroit at the bottom of the barrel because they think we're Detroit from 20 years ago where we had no downtown, nothing going on like the whole comment about Matt Pat he thinks he's bill Belichick jr. I mean, of course that's the take everybody has that, that is outside of Detroit or just kind of looking at it from afar. They all think that like last time I checked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it sure didn't seem like we had trouble bringing in players. It sure seemed like a lot of players were saying I'm coming here because of Matt Pat. I'm coming here because coach Patricia. I love the system. I love what their team is building here. So this is just all garbage, man. Like, everybody knows Detroit is one of the greatest sports cities in the whole country. They know that when athletes come here, they get a whole different view of the city, of the teams that are here, and the whole atmosphere. So, like, have our Lions won at a high level yet? No. But there's not too many players that come here that don't walk away saying, man, I love Detroit, like had a great time there, you know, really worked hard, all that good stuff. So being a desirable city, like to me, this is just one agent popping off, trying to be a tough guy or trying to be the smartest guy in the room. I mean, I got no time for it. Like we're turning the team around. The city's been turned around for a while now, and uh, I just got no time for this.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. There's just you know more people like you know you have the thing like you know Detroit versus everybody, and you know just people piling, you know these guys piling on these cities. You know like oh everybody has like this thought process. You know even when I hear the word Buffalo, all I think is just piles and piles of snow. Even if it was you know you go over there like in probably like August and you see like four feet of snow already over in Buffalo. And you know I've driven through Cincinnati. It's a ni- it's a nice it's a nice uh, city, but. It's still like, I think Cleveland, when it comes to football, you know, Cleveland still gets more, more press, even though that, you know, Cleveland's up and coming and uh, Oakland, I, Oakland, that one kind of surprised me. Everybody like kind of bags on it. Al Davis, they go through a lot of coaches, but still like Oakland's like one of those places that just has like this mystique, you know, with silver and black, you know, Antonio Brown seemed more than happy to be traded there. You know, he actually, you know, the rumor was that he actually, you know, didn't want to go to Buffalo. So, uh, he gets traded out to Oakland. So, uh, with the silver and black. So like you said, I think this is just more people just piling on, not knowing the whole story. What's down there, downtown, the surrounding area. Like you said, the fan base is, it's starving for victories, but it's still a pretty loyal fan base. So like you said, I think it's just one of those guys just popping off for no reason, just to try to sound like Mr. Cool. So, and yeah, enough of enough of that. Let's, let's move on to something else here. I, I know, uh, you don't like to discuss other teams and, you know, people are here to hear about the Lions, but this does affect the Lions. Uh, are, are the free agent signings that have taken place so far, are there any in the division that you think the Lions are like, whoa, or even yourself, you're like, whoa, this is going to have to be somebody the Lions have to watch out for when they play them. Is there anybody that either the Bears, the, um, the Vikings, or the Green Bay signed where you're, you were surprised or like, whoa, it's just like this is the guy that, you know, guy that Detroit's really going to have to, you know, you know, game plan for offense, defense wise, when they play
0: them. Uh, well, Griff like, I, I think I've mentioned that, uh, you know, over the last few years, I always felt like the teams in the North were getting like those free agents that were the cream of the crop or playmakers or defensive studs. You know, it was always, you know, Green Bay was getting people. Minnesota loaded up a couple years ago. You know what I mean? Uh, Chicago now is, is getting all these players. So you know, I was always frustrated by that. It was like, Hey man, if we're not going to get these top free agents or these skill guys, like have them go to the AFC or have them go somewhere far, far away from our team. But they always seem to be kind of falling in our division, which was always frustrating. So this year, I mean, I feel like we came out swinging and uh, you know, opened up the checkbook and got some people. So I was feeling good about that. And the next thing you know, Green Bay is over there signing Smith and Smith, you know, they're getting Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. And then they're getting uh, double a Adrian Amos and up and coming safety. I mean, I didn't like that. They really were sleepwalking and they added to their defense. I mean, I was excited to like, there was all that rumor and innuendo about, uh, you know Anthony Barr is coming to the Lions and we all were kind of like hey you know he's athletic he could be a good fit but i mean i'm much happier with flowers and kind of the other additions they made a lot more strategical than just going out and getting Anthony Barr but i was hoping for sure he was going to go to the jets and then he turns around and stays at minnesota i mean i mean if he ends up being reaching his potential that could really hurt our team and then i've heard a lot of uh different things about Chicago, but I mean, they really haven't come out and and added too many impactful players. Just a couple guys here or there. I heard, I think it was Dan Miller was talking about, Oh man, Chicago got Cordero Patterson. I mean, to me, that guy was a bum and then he went to um, the Patriots and they figured out how to use him, which they always do. And he ended up being better than good, but I don't see him coming to Chicago and being you know, anything extraordinary, like maybe Matt Nagy, like run some trick plays, but so I think Chicago hasn't done much in free agency, but green Bay, I think, you know, they're kind of building their team. They didn't add to the offense at all. And uh, Minnesota has pretty much stayed pat just with a few losses and then adding bars. So not terrible this year. I mean, I think the lions not only got the best of free agency out of the four teams, but you know, is going to have a really competitive team. It's going to be a competitive division, no doubt in 2019
1: yeah um get the bell. I, I agree with you on that it's a uh, it seems like uh Green Bay's obviously trying to improve their defense and I they signed an offensive lineman I can't remember his name right off the top of my head but it's one of those things It's Green Bay I don't I don't really focus on Green Bay all that much until like the season comes around and we gotta critique them at that point so, but uh you're right that sounds like they uh got the Smith and Smith so they're obviously looking to get a, a law practice going there but uh they're Obviously, just trying to improve that defense. And I don't even know if the defense was the big problem with that team last year. But uh, Minnesota, they haven't seemed to really pull anybody in. I believe they got another offensive lineman. I know they, they released Mike Remmers, their offensive guard. And uh, I don't know how much exactly how much help they needed. Getting Barr back is going to be big for those guys. I know you really liked him and you brought him up. And um, you kind of had me swaying that way if the Lions could sign him you know, before – you know, as we were talking before, like, oh, if they got Anthony to be a guy that you would target. But um, him going back there, um, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of like you know, kick the wall. You know, when I when I heard that he went back to Minnesota as opposed to signing with the Jets. But uh, like like I mentioned in the last podcast, the Lions made some moves, like leaps and bounds that I think uh, makes them so much more competitive in this division. That um, I think they, I I personally think if they're not on par, they've Probably frogged at least one or two teams, so um, I think it's going to be once again another real competitive division. And uh, and uh, but there's not I don't think there's anybody that I really think that the Lions really need to like watch the tape on this guy. We really need to focus on that guy. I don't think the Lions, anybody else in the division has signed that guy. So I'm uh, uh I'm liking where the Lions are at stacked up against everybody else right now.
0: Hey, Grifka, before you move on, the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, man, they absolutely love when I bag on you. So, I I know we brought it up in last show, but you pretty much just repeated my take again, bro. Like, uh, you're stealing my material. You're – I mean, I love that we got to hit the bell, but – you basically not only agreed with me but then repeated my take. So I'm sure the people loved uh, hearing it twice, but I uh, just want to call you out again on that. So I, I can't uh, help but I'm your ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah, we got an echo in here, I think. <laughs> must be the must be the podcast.
1: Okay, let's move <laughs> on. Then. So we we've seen the lines have signed and um, and other teams have signed and I just kind of thinking is there anybody else really out there that um, in free agency that the, you think the Lions may be targeting in positions of need that we were kind of talking about last episode. And I know there's some guys out there. I, I think maybe even though the Lions have some money left, they might be priced themselves out with the money they have spent somebody like, you know, Justin Houston, you know, been real dominant in Kansas city. I know he's no longer in Kansas city and hasn't signed yet. Um, Jamie Collins, you know, he's, he might be on, the downside of his career, but I always thought he was still pretty productive in Cleveland last year for that team. Um, but uh, is there anybody else out there? Uh, I was thinking just kind of off the top of my head, you know, guys like Brett Grimes, Morris Claiborne, uh, Brian Callahan, um, out there cornerback, um, safety, you know, um, I believe, uh, was it uh, Eric Berry just got released? Um, Kurt Coleman, Darian Stewart's out there. And we know they're still probably looking for a guard, a couple names off the top of my head. I was at Uapati and uh, Lavitri, and I just mentioned Mike Remmers being released by Minnesota. Um, is there anybody else that maybe you can think of or any of those guys that you may be interested in,
0: the Lions uh, making a run at? <laughs> oh, Grifka, you threw a million names at me here. Where do I start with this question slash uh, book that you just read off to me? So, you know, who's left worth getting, I think, was your initial question. Exactly. So, You know, I think everybody that's been following along knows the Lions went out, you know, moment one and plugged some holes. They plugged the uh, slot receiver position. They plugged nickel corner and they put a huge plug and a huge uh, deposit, a big check into the uh, edge rusher, but also just a, a big physical defensive player that you can move around on the defensive line and uh, the tight end as well. So they kind of filled some holes there. So when we're looking at it from a a global perspective of, you know, what else do they need to fill? I mean, it seems pretty obvious. And it's, it hasn't been brain surgery throughout. I think Bobby Quinn pretty much just took five, 10 minutes, looked at the team and said, okay, here's our five, six holes. I'm just going to find the best people I can and pay them and plug those holes. So the ones that are left, in my opinion, are number two corner, you know, depending on if they feel like they need another safety, I mean, they might feel okay with Tracy, Diggs, and Tavon, um, but if they feel they need another safety, they might go that route, and they still got to figure out, long, you know, what they're doing at the guard position, that's another gaping hole where, where TJ was, so, I mean, I'm trying to remember some of the names you threw at me, Grifco. Brent Grimes are you kidding me the guy's like 36 37 years old playing corner like this guy shouldn't even be in the league anymore I'm definitely not bringing him to Detroit I think you said Mo Claiborne like the guy's never been good I loved him kind of in that draft that was a miss by me because he's never really been good he's just bounced around and stayed in the league but he's he's no good um he named Kaling. off Mike. another one from the Bears at cornerback maybe uh, no, I don't, I don't like him either. Like, you know, I don't have a list in front of me, but I know I was kind of looking at guys that in the middle of their career, like 26, 27, that maybe have some upside. Like, I remember I liked Darquez Denard coming out of the draft. I know he's still out there. Um, a couple guys just got scooped up, you know, so, you know, who, who knows? We'll kind of see how it, uh, how it shaked out. For all we know, they might have uh just recently signed people before we got recording here. So um, you know, Mike Rammers, no thanks. He went to you know the Vikings and was and it was no good. I couldn't see him like turning himself around. Mike Upadi, I loved back in the day. It seems like he's getting older. I really wouldn't want to spend big money for him. Um Justin Houston is an interesting name just because he produces, man. He's like you know, could they find a rush roll for him and bring him in at a decent number and, and find a way to just let him get after the quarterback? But I think he's going to be both too expensive and just they're going to roll with who they got. So, um, you know, a lot of those names you, you named off, I mean, I just see them finding a mid-level vet, you know, to compete maybe at guard position. I see them bringing in a, a vet, you know, <laughs> like a Denard or like um, some of the other corners that are out there that are a little bit younger, a little bit more upside and then drafting a compliment, but, uh, yeah, they got a few more holes to plug, but got the draft. And like I said, they still got a boatload of money. I'm not putting it past BQ to pull a big trade of bringing in a guy that we have not on our radar at all and plug in one of those holes where we're like, Whoa, that was a big swing because he's still got money left. And there's still those opportunities out there.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, talk about sending uh, the Lions fans on their, uh, on their ear if they if they were able to do that, you know, pull a big trade and get a big name to start opposite Slay in that backfield with the other guys they got. I mean, I know uh, we'd be jumping for joy. What about Tease Tabor? Do you think there's they might give him a shot? It might be one of those things just like, you know, they kept saying, yeah, we're watching this guy. He's, we're improving. We're still, we're still on, you know, with him. I think he can be good. Do you think they may give him a chance going in? Or do you think it's one of those things where, we don't, we don't want to sign one of those mid-level, you know, older cornerbacks to be a replacement. You know, if Tease doesn't pan out either, you think this might be, you think they might just stick with him and have Tease go at it?
0: Uh, No. Um, I, I think it's a total shot in the dark of Tease ever getting it together or being good. I feel like, at the best case right now is that he's maybe a backup outside corner that has to play for injury. Maybe they find packages where, I mean, the big thing with T's first and foremost, we knew coming in, he's slow as molasses. I think he ran like a four, seven. I mean, uh, you know, you got corners nowadays across the board running four, fours or lower. And this guy's running four, seven. I mean, that's slower than Montez sweat. So we knew that coming in and at Florida, He was all about jumping routes and all that type of stuff like unless they can find packages and let this guy use his instincts jump routes play in zone man I just I just don't feel good about it you know I didn't really love the pick I tried to sort of support it but here we are a couple years in and I just don't see him making a huge leap forward because of the scheme and because of his speed so yeah I really don't have any hopes there and I hope that you know, he can just be a decent backup and heck, I wish the football would find him a couple times a year on a tip ball or something, just so he at least had some turnover numbers. Yeah. Uh, what
1: about Mike Ford? Do you think uh, you think he's just another guy that might be just uh, on the, t- as a roster guy and only playing pressing situations where there's injuries, or do you think that might be a guy they might look at as well?
0: And Mike Ford to me, I mean, now that we've upgraded the nickel and we're we're probably looking for either a big splash at number two corner, maybe putting a decent draft resource. I mean, Mike Ford makes the team again. He's a, he's a backup. He's a, he's a developmental upside guy. I mean, if we, if we go back and remember the tape we watched on the Kool-Aid Rewinds, script, most of the time it was not pretty. I mean, Mike Ford was a guy at the bottom of the roster that we were both kind of, maybe there's something there, maybe he's decent. But I think we saw enough when he's in the game that he can't really be counted on and can't be a a legit player. I mean, a backup, uh, you know, a depth player maybe. But, no, I I don't see much there either. They got to do much better. I mean, I feel really good about the nickel spot now, but you cannot leave this number two corner just empty. And just think, oh, we'll get by because we've seen how that's worked out.
1: Yeah, and like uh, what was I believe was it Charles Washington? He's a defensive back, but that guy's a strict special teamer. That guy's not going to uh, be starting if, you know, like I always say, if that guy's starting, they're in real trouble. So uh, I, I'm not putting any faith in, in that guy either. Um, and I know at this point we had uh, you said maybe like they go in and you know draft somebody. In, um, and I know we talked about this on the last episode with their free agent signings. Does maybe this bring in something a little clearer at the eight position? Now, um, me personally, I think, once again, the biggest needs. We, we're kind of going over it again. Um, the cornerback, you know, linebacker, tight end, um, maybe get another uh, another edge guy. I, I don't know. that's a distinct possibility simply because there's so much D-line talent in this year's draft. Um uh, if uh, if they were looking maybe at cornerback at quarterback cornerback sorry is um somebody out there that uh, like I know we talk about greedy but I know I read something where they asked a Lions scout about greedy and he bluntly said you know no we like our cornerbacks to tackle so that sounds like you know they're not going to, it doesn't sound like they're ever going to take him, but is there somebody else? There's like nobody, no cornerback now high enough on your board that you might be interested in at eight.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I remember really early in the draft process, it was kind of like, oh, man, you know, Greedy Williams seems like he has a size, seems like he just loves, you know, again, going back to the joke about great names. I mean, Greedy for a corner just sounded great, and he's from LSU, all that type of stuff. I mean, as the process has moved forward, like, no thanks. I mean, uh, you know, can't spend a, you know, number eight. I'm, I'm much more willing to sort of let the draft process play out. I got my sights a lot more set on a warrior or um, even Julian love from Notre Dame. I heard was a, a, a round two type target that might be available. <clears throat> I did hear a warrior might have some tackling concerns as well, but he's a press corner that uh, at least you can get in that second round rather than having to spend them early to mid round on either greedy or uh, Byron uh, Murphy. And some of those other guys I've talked about your boy, uh, Deandre Baker. I mean, those guys I don't see any of those guys going to the Lions, but I do see the Lions in either the 2nd or maybe getting Rocky Sin in the 3rd round and uh adding <laughs> you to You will the cor- be there by then. <laughs> <laughs> or adding to their corner position that way, but uh nobody nobody is justifiable at 8 in my opinion. I think it'd be a stretch and uh like you say, man, they got to be able to tackle and they got to be able to play press coverage if they want to be a Lions corner. That seems to be the uh the word I'm hearing. Okay. And then
1: uh, with who they signed, does that maybe open up at the number eight position, maybe a linebacker? I know we were, uh, we, you know, we, we, we talked about Devin White. And I know, uh, I believe Devin Bush, I, I jotted him down, but I'm you know, just a big Michigan fan. But uh, I think maybe eight's a little too high for Devin, Devin Bush. I think that may be a little bit of a reach, but uh, with a, a linebacker, maybe another, another, another linebacker besides those two you may be interested in at the eight position?
0: So here's the thing, Grifka. So for a while, I touted Devin White and told you all the reasons it'd be amazing. I got you on board. You started loving it. And then I think it was a week or two ago, I backed off of it saying, I don't think they'll go there. I just don't know if they would want to deal with two alphas in there, you know, and how would it work, all that type of stuff. Hey, man, with what they've done in free agency, like I'm definitely back on that train of if Devin White is there, which is crazy. Like I've seen him at, going five to Tampa Bay. And then I've also seen him in the 15. So, you know, it'll just be real curious to see where he falls. I mean, if somebody takes him before, even at four at Oakland, I've seen him in some mocks. Like if he goes that high, I mean, of course then linebackers off the board. Cause he's the only guy, but yeah, if he's sitting there at eight and I feel like I've upgraded my D line, I've have the cornerback, you know, figured out that I'm going to get him in, in round two or whatever. I'm back on the train, man, of Devin White at number eight. If he can't trade down, this guy can cover. He's an alpha. He can lead the defense. Him and J.D. can probably work together now, especially once I heard the Lions were maybe going after Mosley. It was like, hey, man, if they're going after Mosley, like – They not only want another guy inside there that can make all the calls in the place, but if you're willing to spend that kind of money that they probably had to even talk to Mosley, like, yeah, they definitely would consider spending the number eight draft pick. So absolutely Devin White's back on my radar, but uh, I definitely wouldn't, I know you didn't really ask it, but Montez or, uh, or Oliver or even Farrell, like if they feel like that's a good pick, why not double down on the edge rusher as well?
1: What about, uh, you know, Rashawn Gary? What if he was sitting there? Would you be interested in him?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I like his skills. I know people have been either really hot or really cold sort of on that guy. I remember watching Michigan games, man, and he flies off the ball. He always seemed to almost get there, which I know is Grifka's favorite stat. Um. But I think he could be dynamic at the NFL level. He has some versatility, which we know the Lions love. So, yeah, man, if he's sitting there, you know, but if Devin White and Gary are sitting there, I mean, I run up to the podium and and take Devin White, I think, just because, you know, Gary would be just totally piling on to our, our front line. Whereas Devin White would kind of change our defense to have two guys inside there that can run and cover and do all that stuff. So, um, you know, if everything's equal now with what they've done, I'm taking Devin White. If Devin White's gone. Yeah. I think you sort of, you know, I wouldn't take Rashawn Gary over Oliver or over Burns or over, um, sweat, you know, he'd probably be my fourth guy if I had to.
1: Yeah, I think when it comes to uh, Rashawn Gary, he may be the best player available option, depending on how the Lions put their board up at that point. I don't think Rashawn Gary is like the big need, but he might be one of those things like we were talking, best player available. If the Lions fail, he's the best player available. You got to take him, then take him. But I'm with you on that, especially with Montez um, Sweat. His speed, you can't teach speed. So if it was like down between those two or even, you know, like you said, I'm kind of even Devin White, you know, you're, you're bringing me on board his way, but you just can't teach speed. I mean, I, I, would, bo- I would place both those guys in front of Ray Sean Gary. Um, offensive side, I mean, I don't believe the Lions. I sure hope they don't take a wide receiver at eight based on who they have coming in and signing them, Danny Amendola. And, and I, I can't see a running back even at eight, even if there was a stud one based on having, uh, you know, carry on back there. That leaves um Tight end position. I mean, uh, it's 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 odd how draft ports change. You know, you see at first everybody up in arms down. You know, TJ Hawkinson's out there. W- would you be interested in TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, any other tight end at the eight position right now? Based on what the Lions have signed,
0: um, I think that I could see the Lions just sort of thinking that they they set themselves up to take Hawkinson and say. You know, he he was almost like a have-to-have kind of guy just because what the, what else they had done, you know, hey, they, we feel good about our D-line, like we have Jared Davis in the middle, we feel good about our corners and safeties, so we're just going to take his tight end because they feel like he's a great two-way type player, they think that he just fits great. Uh, man, I just don't like it uh, necessarily at eight. Now, I've always yelled at you and Hughes that, hey, if they take him at eight he plays great football then it's not a reach it's a good pick but I think there's just gonna be too many other impactful players to take a tight end at eight I think that you have to trade down or you know I'm thinking that a guy like Irv Smith Jr. might be staring him in the face in the second round and if they took a, a big D end rush guy or a Devin White and then have Irv Smith there like that, to me, that's sort of a perfect scenario because then you're filling a, a nice need with an athletic player to go along with a gritty guy like Jesse James. But you're not you're not spending a, a huge resource at number eight to do so. So I uh, that's the way I'd go.
1: Do you know me, tight end in, in the first round? No, no thanks. But yeah, definitely second round. If uh, Irv Smith Jr., Noah Fant, I believe I've seen some drafts from Noah Fant slipping into the first round. Um, If they can uh, get somebody like that in the second round, I would be all for that. And um, I know earlier this week, uh, Kyler Murray had his pro day down at Oklahoma and a few teams set up interviews with him afterwards. Um, uh, My take on Kyler Murray, the guy, all he's done is thrown. He hasn't ran either at his pro day or the combine. Uh, he didn't get measured at his pro day, you know, his height or anything like that. All he did was throw. So, uh, me, I don't want Kyler Murray. I, I died. I, you know how I feel about them. I think he'll be a bust. I know everybody's like, Oh, is athleticism. He's great. He says, you know, no, I, I, I'd run from Kyler Murray. Would you have any interest in Kyler Murray? If he was somehow fell to
0: eight. Griff, <laughs> we've been over this, man. I'm rolling with Matt Stafford. Like,
1: but you could get Kyler Murray cheap and he could be your quarterback in a couple of (laughs) years.
0: Yeah, you could, but like, it just doesn't make financial sense. It doesn't make draft like resource sense right now. I mean, to me, he's not a slam dunk. Like the lions, if they go get another quarterback and pull a move like this, to me, it would be a big six, five pocket passer that can play under center, can, can run and pass, can be tough. You know what I mean? Like all these things that Matt Patton, those guys might want a, a Brady ish player. They're not going to go get a little five foot, eight, 185 pound quarterback like Kyler Murray. And, and to me, Dwayne Haskins would be too big of a dice roll too. He's just a—I think he could be really good, but he's not a, he's not a player for the lions. I mean, Give it another year or two, and then we can maybe have this discussion. But for at least probably two more years, I'm willing to roll with Stafford. I think he's going to ball out. I think he's going to have a great defense, a good run game, and uh, quarterback's not even a thought for me, really.
1: Okay. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're on the same, same board with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's been a pretty interesting week based on what the lions have done. I know they've, like you said, probably got some more moves, you know, in the hopper somewhere that they're going to surprise lions fans with. Um, a lot of, uh, obviously pro days are starting at colleges, even some of the small colleges, those are going out and we, there always seems to be one of those sleeper guys somewhere in the draft, you know, you always they always come from a college you never heard of. So I know we'll have more information next week with a lot of these pro days happening and uh, more people's draft boards will, will change. So, uh, I really didn't got nothing else to talk about. Is there anything else you want to cover before we get out of here?
0: Grifka? I think it's been a good show. I really enjoyed our Wednesday show. So people miss that. Please go back in the archives and check that out. We uh, talked all about free agency and uh, lots of good takes there today. We got to kind of dive into some drafts, really break it down. I mean, the pro days don't do much for me at all. Griffka is just a showcase of these guys. I mean, not really moving anybody up or down my board. Uh, I was even surprised the combine this year kind of caught my eye where people jumped off the page with their speed or their athleticism more so than other years. But um, you know, between that and these pro days, I mean, basically we know who our targets are. We know the scenarios, I just can't wait to get to draft day and see if we can finally pull a couple trade downs. I can't wait to see who else the Lions sign the next couple of weeks. We'll be talking all about it. So I think we're set, man. We're going to go ahead and get out of here and uh, let the people kind of drink it in and we'll be back uh, next week. Talk all about it. So uh, for the people, Grifco, you got anything else? Uh, nope. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much. Uh, please subscribe. Please leave us a review. And please please get at us on uh, Twitter or find us, uh, website, social media. Um, but send us some message on Twitter, send us questions every week, send us your takes on these lion signings. We're doing a lot more interaction and kind of just diving in on, on these types of things and love kind of connecting with the people that are out there listening, you know, any suggestions, things you have, we love all that type of stuff. So, so please keep doing that. And please, for the most part, uh, catch us right back here next week for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So for me and for Grifka, we're going to get up out of here. Everybody have a tremendous weekend. The Lions are doing big things in free agency and bigger things to come. So we're going to get up out of here. Grifka, check you next week, buddy. Back the back, start the play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.